Ultimate Soft Skills 101, Life Skills for a Digital Age. This podcast is sponsored by the Ultimate Podcast Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes, clubs, ebooks, and more, including our upcoming orienteering course. Know where you want to go and how to get there. The goal of orienteering is to empower each student to identify where their passion, interests, and occupation intersect. Explain the differences between work, career, and vocation to show how each contributes to the student's personal pathway. Teach students awareness and optimization of their own learning habits. Identify personal strengths and weaknesses using an array of assessment tools. Students will leave class with a personal pathway based on strengths, interests, passions, and giftings paired with real-world career exploration. Students will identify careers of possibility with multiple viable paths to personal success and occupational well-being. Each student will complete a capstone project presenting a personal pathway of their own, showing interest zones, job opportunities, and a contingency plan of their own design. Group discussion, personal discovery, and dynamic assessment are components to this course. Orienteering. Life's too complicated to navigate by a sense of direction. Know where you want to go and how to get there. Equip your student to chart their own course. Pair them with proven techniques and empower them to handle adversity. Okay, so I want to just talk really quickly about maybe scholarships. I know you've worked in higher ed as I have in admissions for private graduate school is my experience. And so um, I would love to just touch base on how foreign language really sets your kids apart. Um, I, I tell people all the time, the question isn't, can your kid get into college anymore? The question is, how can they pay for it? without $37,000 of debt over a six-year time period, which is the average of kids graduating with a bachelor's degree right now. So I'm beating that drum to death, but I feel like it's important for parents to hear it's a different world and they need help. (laughs) Um, And I agree with you. I think there are so many resources out there to help students pay for higher education, but you really have to fit the right mold sometimes Mm -hmm. to be able to get those resources. So what I find is with students generally, I recommend when applying for higher ed, they kind of have their narrative. They have their story of who they are, what their passions are, what they want to do, and how that university is going to help them get where they want to go. But that's not enough. You also have to show kind of what you're bringing to the table, too. And we find, um, and at least for me, I've done a lot of university counseling on the high school side and I've been a university admissions interviewer as well. Mm -hmm. So with that, adding something like foreign languages shows a certain cultural understanding, that innate adaptability. And as our world really becomes smaller, as more and more globalization happens, it's starting to become expected. That students have at least access or some proficiency in a second language, but anything beyond that is helpful. Mm-hmm. So even for me, I'll share personally, when I was applying to grad schools and applying to programs in international education, you know, I'm from the Midwest. I'm just a girl from Missouri. I'm not bringing a whole lot of diversity to the table for an American school. But I knew that by showing what I was able to learn through foreign language classes and through international experiences, that that was going to show them that I might not bring some of these things from my own personal background, but I've sought out these diverse worldview experiences. And one thing I'll say for me, when I was in college, I actually received three scholarships because of my background in foreign language, which then allowed me to study abroad for free. 
which is something that, I mean, what a blessing. Um, I look back on that now years later and think, wow, but I had to have that skill set and then take the initiative to seek it out. But once that happened, I mean, that opened up a whole new world for me. Oh gosh, no pun intended, but it's. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. So what, so do you think that it's reasonable? Because in my experiences, most colleges, I'm not saying all, but many colleges are no longer having that foreign language requirement for admittance. However, if you have it, it does tell them you're somebody who knows how to be flexible and adaptable. You know how to finish things and put yourself in, in situations that are uncomfortable. And then if you have a second foreign language on top of it, it can really set you apart and bring in a lot of scholarship opportunities, right? Most definitely. And I think one thing to think about too is not only scholarship opportunities when you're first admitted, but scholarship opportunities that will continue as you continue in your education. Mm-hmm. Um, I even know for some of our students in the U.S., if they're interested in, say, studying abroad in China after learning Chinese, they've been able to go for free or even receive stipends to study abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, here in the U.S., I think also showing that you have. Um, proficiency or even just a basic working knowledge of an Asian language in particular, those are somewhat underrepresented. And so to be able to show that that's something that you kind of sought out yourself, that's not only communicating global literacy and all of those good things we've talked about, but also that you're not afraid of a challenge in some ways because they can be so different. And so I think that's really exciting. Currently, Mandarin Chinese is the fastest growing foreign language um, study in the U.S. So this is also something that I think it will become more prevalent. But for right now, it's really kind of a sweet spot where not a lot of students are able to say that they are proficient in that language. So Mm -hmm. there's still a lot for students who study that there's a competitive advantage when they apply to schools Mm -hmm. um, to be able to say that they're coming in with that background. And for students who are interested in things like military or national security, politics, economics, business, Chinese is a language, it has the most native speakers in the world. Um, And so just to think, and I read a statistic recently that said that if you studied, if you can speak Spanish, Chinese, and English, you can communicate with two thirds of the world's population. Wow. Um, isn't that amazing? Just because it's such a common, those are all common first and second languages for people. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's something where Chinese and getting access to it now, that's really setting up students for a lot of opportunities in their future, mm-hmm. no matter what industry they want to go into. Even right. a good friend of mine, she went into fashion merchandising, of all things. Um, really creative. She's got a lot of skill sets and talents that I don't know that I have, but she certainly does. Um, but for her, she was finding that so many um, of the manufacturers that they were working with had factories and things in China. And so for her, she said, well, can you help me get some Chinese lessons? So actually at our school, um, we do offer a class that's teaching Chinese for fashion merchandising. Um, But that's something where I wouldn't have necessarily thought of that innate connection. But as our world becomes smaller, there are more and more opportunities for that. 
So that kind of segues into something, even for those kids who might be going like more blue collar, like fashion merchandising doesn't necessarily take a degree. It takes real world experience. You have to know the the field of fashion and be passionate about it. So even for those kids who maybe not be going on to upper level, uh, you know, even a bachelor's degree or graduate school, a foreign language like this is really going to set them in and put them, position them in a place that's going to be really above and beyond. Most definitely. Um, and I, I'll think back even to a family friend of ours, and this is someone who I knew independent of my work in international education, but she started working for Sher- Sherwin-Williams, started just kind of doing sales on in the paint shops and all of that. She worked on learning Chinese language, and now she's actually in a role for them corporate where she's helping with sourcing because so much production is done in Asia with her Chinese language skills. She's been able to kind of be a bridge for a huge national company or international company rather. That's exciting. Isn't that amazing? And also it's one of those things too. Not every child knows exactly what they want to do or um, where they want to go in their future or even for myself I thought I knew um, but the you know opportunities change and you kind of find your path but I think Chinese is a language that's going to become more and more common in the U.S. and more and more common in global commerce whatever that means so whether that's um, kind of in more blue color or white color fields there are really a lot of options Mm -hmm. and so I think it's something where now in certain parts of the U.S. it's so commonplace to have somebody who speaks Spanish I think Chinese is something that as times go on and as populations change, needing to know Chinese or at least some basic working proficiency there will become another great advantage for students. Wow, that's that's kind of an interesting perspective. I appreciate your sharing that. I want to touch on one last thing because we, of course, we've gone long. I, we could talk for like a week together. It's so awesome to talk to you. What do you, what do you say to parents whose kids may have special needs or they struggle with maybe the English language even. Is it even is it even doable? Should they even be thinking about a second language? And um, what does that look like for kids who are struggling learners? Can you speak to that? That's a great question. And one that I'm really passionate about. Um, I actually, when I was doing my graduate studies, I focused on students with special needs as in kind of my graduate thesis. So, and you didn't even know that about I didn't me. even know that. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I mean, really every student has special needs in some way or another, but for, yes, but for those who might struggle with language acquisition for a variety of reasons, I could see how a foreign language would be something that just seems like, oh, that just seems too tough or too hard. Um, and at the end of the day, too, parents know their children the best. But I will say we've found in our classes, Chinese has been interesting because learning that is really different than learning a Spanish or a French or even a Latin or something like that. The language is pictographic. So the way that the symbols and calligraphy and characters are drawn is actually like, for example, the character for the word relax in Chinese looks a lot like a man leaning up against a tree, relaxing. So for some students who are a little more visual, learning characters comes really easily. Um, 
Also, certain things that might trip up students in our own native language of English, like verb tenses and conjugations and things like that, Chinese doesn't actually do that. Um, they don't do different tenses of verbs. Um, they actually include just a different word in the sentence to include that. Um, certain things like gender, when learning something like Spanish or French, you have to memorize that with every noun. They don't do that. And so there's even, you know, sometimes it even gets a little confusing distinguishing men and women and this and that because they commonly just use Ren, which means person. So some of those things that we think of as, oh, that would make it tough, really learning Chinese doesn't have some of those common stumbling blocks. Of course, there are different things like the tones and all of that, but we do a lot of different modes of um, integration there where we'll actually do a lot of music in our classes mm -hmm. because we find that teaching the music and having students kind of sing through some of those words actually helps them with the tones oh. so, yeah which is yeah. so cool to see that aha light bulb moment go off for students when they realize oh I can do this yeah. so for us with our classes we focus on small class size which I think for any family who's looking for foreign language for their child um, and they're worried that oh this might be hard for them I would say look for a live classes, mm -hmm. dynamic teaching where, you know, they're willing to adjust the course plan to meet the speed of the learner. So whether that means that they need some remediation and some extra help or extension, if they're kind of going beyond. Mm -hmm. For us, with a lot of our classes, we try and stick with a small group format. And that really helps too, where students can see other kids where they're doing well or where they might be having hard time and they can help each other through it too. Mm -hmm. So I think small group is a great size for kids that are struggling in that way. Sometimes if students have a hard time with um, just kind of being in a class, we can also do individual sessions. But generally speaking, we find we want this to be something empowering for mm -hmm. our students. And so it's been so cool to see, I think of a student of ours that has dyslexia. And this is something that they thought, oh, this is never going to be something that I can do. But to see them kind of grasp onto it and maybe not at the rate of some of their classmates or maybe in different ways, um, but even just to hear them, what they're able to get in the live speaking and the oral production of the Chinese language. And they are so fast and so quick at getting that. And so and it makes them feel good. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to help empower students and help them see the opportunities that exist in this wonderful, large world of ours. Right, right. And so really what I hear you saying is that because Chinese is a little different, it's a little otherly than the, what the languages we've normally been exposed to have been, it might actually be a perfect fit for kids who struggle. Maybe not all of them, but... Yeah, yeah, don't prejudge it, basically. <laughs> definitely. And I think it's one of those things where um, for students who maybe maybe they had, a, they tried Spanish for a year, they just didn't love it, they don't want to go into a foreign language because they think it's going to be that same experience. I would say, like you said, don't prejudge it. With Chinese, you're really kind of starting fresh. Mm -hmm. And so even for me, somebody who's bilingual in English and Spanish, I feel like I use a completely different region of my brain to process Chinese, um, which is great. Afterwards, I feel like I've done a mental workout and it's good. Um, but I think for students who feel like, oh, 
that's just not my thing. Like you said, with growth mindset, Chinese is just different enough where it might be a good entry point for students to give it a second try. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's awesome to hear about. Well, I, I just appreciate talking to you. Is there anything else you'd like to just leave with our listeners on Chinese or language acquisition or flexibility and adaptability? Or Sure. I think one thing I will say, and this is more from my own personal experience, but learning a foreign language or learning a few, I feel like really prepared me for kind of the next chapter. So university studies, graduate studies, work, I think having really strong um, writing skills in our own native languages is important. But for me, through learning a foreign language, I felt like I better understood the English language because when you really have to do two systems, you're looking at things in your own grammar and your own vocabulary in a different way. And so this might not be something that everybody thinks about, but I know at least for me, once I started studying Spanish and then Latin and now Chinese, I've learned so much more about the English language and become a much stronger reader, writer, communicator in English through that experience. I wouldn't have expected it, but it definitely has happened. And so that's really another gift of learning a foreign language. Right. I would totally agree with you. That analogy learning where you're comparing and contrasting what you know from your native language to the new language just strengthens your ability to communicate across the board. I mean, a bar none. I think that's the best way to learn your own language is a foreign language study. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, it happened for me. <laughs> Most definitely. I'm glad to hear you've had the same experience. Yeah. But definitely. that was a, it was a gift that I didn't even expect. But mm-hmm. that's, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, it's been great. Well, we are we hope to be offering True North homeschool classes in conjunction with Nihao. And I'm so excited. I feel like it was really a God thing that we met you at convention and go to the great homeschool convention close to you. <laughs> Just a little plug for them. Um, but I, I really, as always, enjoy talking to you, Allie. And maybe we'll do this again soon because I feel like you're one of those people who is like the poster child for soft skills. You just are, you really have a lot of ability to communicate with people in a way that is so gracious and kind. And um, you really, uh, I think you could talk about a lot of these soft skills with, <laughs> with exceptions. So I appreciate your taking time to do this with me today. Thanks. Of course. Oh, it was my pleasure. And like I said, with students, you know, you want to help them find their passion. And for me, international education, soft skills, that global understanding, understanding people, that's my passion. So for you to say such kind, warm words, that means a lot to me. I appreciate it. And I'd be happy to come back anytime. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we are becoming a more global world, aren't we? For sure. Whether we want to acknowledge it or not. Speaking of, I just one more thing. The Harvard Business Review, a gentleman you mentioned earlier, I've been reading a lot of business articles and, and stuff for the Soft Skills Podcast, actually. And um, and the world of work is changing. Most of our kids, mine, not you probably don't have older kids at all, if any, but um, they're going to be working as independent contractors more than as employees. They'll probably have on average 14 jobs in the course of their lifetime, and they will be working with international people around the world on Zoom meetings like we're doing today or go to meetings or Skype, the whole manner of technology. They might not know the person before they, they do the job, but then they're going to have to like onboard quickly and work to get the job done. It's a whole new world we need to train our kids for, isn't it? 
It is. And I think it's exciting in many ways too. It opens up whole new ways of employment and even ways that we do work, how we balance work with family life. It'll allow for much more flexible world of work, but that comes with its own unique challenges as well. And so that's when you asked me to talk about adaptability. I think that's exactly where that comes in because we don't know exactly what those tasks will be or what we'll be asked to do. But if you have that strong toolbox of soft skills um, and passion for what you're doing, I think you can take on just about any challenge out there. Right. Well, thanks for ending on that perfect word. So, Ali, it's great to talk to you, and I hope to have you back soon. Likewise. Thank you so much, Lisa. Always a pleasure. Thanks. You too. Thank you for listening to Soft Skills 101. This podcast is sponsored by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network and True North Homeschool Academy. True North offers live online classes with unique studies like Chinese and Biblical Hebrew, all taught by real-world professionals. With interactive teachers and students, we strive to create a real Bible-based community.